0: I love you. Ain't nobody do addiction better than American entertainers. Welcome uh-huh. back, everybody. <laughs> I am the Green Traveler from Gore.
1: I am the Faceless leon I, too, once sang Out of This Faceless Void. And today, we're talking about singers, American yeah. singers in particular. Well, who'd, you, uh,
0: who'd you entertain?
1: Who'd I entertain? Uh, Mostly high school parents, and uh, but I used to do like the uh, this. This is very much an Indiana thing, but uh, I'm sure they have competitions throughout the United States and other countries like this. But ISMA is what it was. It's called in Indiana. I know the I stands for Indiana, so. Uh, anyways we would go and as for singers well it's for singers and musicians at high school (gasps) at the high school level and i was in a couple of different occasions uh being judged in front of them mostly through what was called the harmony connection at my school anyways (laughs) and what one time we went the group was particularly good but then that teacher uh and the the choreographer the uh, the pianist of our group she got fired and and kicked off campus because she i i i guess i i don't know exactly why but i i think it is because she uh was drinking on campus only because one time she had this okay so she had this mini fridge in her office I was like, go ahead and grab a water bottle from there if you feel like your voice needs it, you know, so that we weren't because, you know, in high school, you need hall passes and shit to go to even mm-hmm. to go to just the drinking fountain and shit. So it's just easier for her to keep some chilled water. Anyhow, one day we cracked into one of those water bottles and it was not water. So <laughs> <laughs> I I think that's what happened. I don't know. I'm not naming any names.
0: <laughs> troubled waters of your past
1: then we got a new teacher and she really couldn't care less so our our group really wasn't all that great anymore and and a lot of the the american dilemma right there yeah a lot of the people from the group uh quit when the 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 first teacher was fired in fact i did too and then i joined again later because a couple of friends (laughs) were like hey we should go do this thing i was like yeah i used to do that but yeah a- and now yeah. I don't know. I don't know that I could do it anymore. I haven't trained to sing in a really long time.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I only sing in the privacy of my own home, or in the, yeah. or in my car. I'll sing. I'll sing embarrassingly with the windows down in my car sometimes. Hell yeah. <laughs> Roll up next to somebody at the stoplight and just look over and be like, "Hey, what's up? <laughs> Who's this little that? green man?
1: Who's that? <laughs> singing to Rihanna?" Just... <laughs> <laughs>
0: just bopping away man <laughs> yeah we're talking uh th- a bunch of older singers uh i think the most recent singer was uh val kilmer's Oh, uh, yeah i'm already forgetting his name morrison. uh yeah. jim, jim morrison, morrison.
1: yeah Thank jim you. morrison uh from the doors uh he yeah. only only the most recent because he died just a couple years after judy
0: really. yeah but judy he was, was like close. famous for stuff long like of course. way before yes. him and honestly of these three the only one that i really listened to growing up was jim morrison and the doors
1: oh yeah you know, Same that's, here.
0: that's the music my parents loved right so. but you
1: know it's kind of hard to avoid having listened to at least and passing to the other two because mm. they're so big in our our, our culture and the base of our culture like Obviously, Judy Garland's famous for singing songs from the movies that she was in, and you know everybody knows somewhere over the oh, Rainbow, and Billie Holiday. Personally, I I think before I watched this, I knew her more by name, really, just name yeah. recognition. Um, I I'm Same happy that I did watch United States versus
0: Billie Holiday to learn a little bit more. I can agree with that. And that's uh that's the first one we're going to talk about. So you just want to dive on into it. Sure. Uh, it's based on the novel Chasing the Scream The First and Last Days of the War on Drugs by Johan Hari Harry, and directed by Lee Daniels written by Suzanne Laurie Parks and it's about uh, Billie Holiday more focused towards the end of her life uh, I would say about the last Ten years ish. I don't remember how long. I don't know. Really it expands. seems like it
1: spans quite a bit of time. I uh, I think the story that they're telling starts in the forties, right after the the war, uh, because at the very least, Agent Fletcher he has his uniform on at the beginning.
0: Yeah, and Jimmy Fletcher's come back from the war. He's trying. He's a det- uh, becomes a detective. You know, he's just trying to get by, basically. And and Billy Holiday is you know famous vocalist. She has, you know, a lot of songs that are rare, uh, enrapturing the public, and the FBI is growing a little afraid of her because she has one song in particular called Strange Fruits that is very detailed, very harrowing, and the FBI doesn't want it heard because it yeah. also exposes racism, uh, specifically right. in the South.
1: Yeah, I think it's important to note that the song itself is a depiction of a mm-hmm. of a lynching
0: yeah they they really just don't want her to perform that song live because right. the song's already out in the public atmosphere people already know about it and so they're really worried about her performing it wherever she's going and i think it i think the film made mention that it comes just after a anti-lynching bill was brought up in congress and denied and turned down right and it's a it's a bill that's still as you find out it's you know even today, it still hasn't been enacted. Yeah, so in, in that regard, you know, this is a very important film to watch because it again, it exposes just another part of our history that's just been covered up in our education. Yeah. Um I mean we we know it we know it's going on, but at the same time we're not really teaching people or exposing it too much. And this film tries to do that. I mean, that's kind of the that's kind of the 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 crux of the story is watching her journey trying to perform this song live. While simultaneously telling about her addiction issues. Right. And sadly for me, that was the part this film got really or did really poorly on was her addiction. Because it just focuses so heavily on it, which I know it's a part of her life. And I know it is like a very important aspect of her life. Right. But this film just seemed like it had to keep reminding you that she's addicted to something. It And it did. seemed like every single scene was like, hey... By the end of it, I felt like there were only two types of scenes for this entire movie. Hey, she's an addict. Remember that. Or, hey, remember, she cannot trust anybody in her life. And it's just like, all right. It's very sad and I get it. But at the same time, it just doesn't feel like a story's there. Right. You know, for somebody who's so iconic and his film just like didn't really seem to want to grasp that that legend and, you know, tell a more, I don't know. Right. Riveting story. I
1: I will say something about that. Something that I read when I was doing some research after watching, which is usually how I go about it, so that things that I research don't affect my opinion of the watch. Mm. Uh, man, I feel like that sounded really pretentious. <laughs> 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 but uh, anyway, that's that's still the how critics I dilemma. Approach, this, uh, approach this show. Anyhow, I what I read was that while there's a lot of rumors about her life there's very little in the way of like actual records on on things that occurred especially when it comes to things about her relationships and stuff because back in the day uh especially uh queer relationships you had to keep quiet uh you know otherwise because it was illegal (laughs) for one yeah and um also obviously narcotics were illegal as well and that's a big part of the film too uh is given just the title alone the u.s the united states versus billy Holiday, agent and i don't remember his first name off the top of my head
0: <laughs> Boo. yeah i yeah. think it was i think it was henry something like that his ass something white
1: um <laughs> um <laughs> anyways he uh Basically, he, he was a big old racist and, and didn't want to change the status quo of uh, white supremacy and, and stuff like that in America. And saw Billie, uh Holiday as a threat because of that, mostly because of her song uh, mm-hmm. and to give him an excuse or a way to stop her, at least from this protect- perspective of this film. He went after her for the drugs and the, yeah. and and the war on drugs which i I don't think that this is really in too high dispute. I don't know maybe it is at least from my perspective, it is a well known fact that our government started this war on drugs primarily as a disguise for a, a race war really
0: yeah I, I mean i I think you're in the right i don't I don't think that's really disputed disputable i think it's well documented like you said because i mean that's that's the crux of this film it was a win-win for anslinger because he's like i I get to bring down this popular black woman and at the same time i weaponize this entire new industry of drugs right Weaponize is the wrong word i don't know how to
1: uh he he uh,
0: demonize demonize yeah it, I
1: guess. definitely i mean uh obviously and this is kind of uh part of uh, Jimmy Fletcher's perspective at the beginning of the film too is that the public can see how drugs are affecting people, especially in the black community, and he he thinks that what he did is morally sound because drugs are so destructive. But the truth yeah. is, like a, lo- a lot of people turn to drugs because a mental health issues or B just so much pain of just trying to make it in this world that they want something to dull that edge
0: and I think it's I think he definitely realizes that too because you know at the beginning like you said he he thinks he's doing the right thing and obviously uh future interviews and stuff he's mentioned that he felt guilty about his actions right. about how he assisted the government in the investigation or in the fight against billy holiday right you see his reaction to drugs change because as you said like at the beginning he's kind of straight laced
1: you know the first time
0: you see him he's in a military uniform he's clean cut and then as he gets to know billy and understand what uh what drove her to where she's at in life you know he 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 opens up more to it and, and starts to understand not the benefits of doing drugs but why people would go there exactly
1: he he starts to understand that and and i think he realizes that sending these people to prison is not the right answer and um he he was under the perspective that arresting her for this would get her sent to a hospital at least that's what it seems like in the film and yeah. and in the film billy also thought that that would be her punishment and she's like yeah i i shouldn't that this is wrecking my body there's a you do get one thing about having it so focused on on the the addiction is that you do get to see billy go back and forth between i want to get well and i just need a fix that is what addiction does to people people who are addicted They typically have the realization sometime along the line that they're slowly killing themselves and, um, they, and they'll, they'll try to get better and then they'll backslide. And, and, you know, Mm -hmm. I have several people in my, uh, my life who, um, are addicts and who are luckily because I feel like our culture treats it a lot better nowadays. And, you know, with the rise of psychology, are able to get the help they need and actually stay on track and and stay clean more often yeah. than say um how
0: society treated addicts and addiction back in the day especially the circles we keep <laughs> yeah We're, we keep a very a very considerate and in, in the yeah emotionally buoyant friend group i would say yeah, we try. Nice. We definitely That's try. That. I don't think we've mentioned yet uh, the actors who play. This is a poor segue on my behalf, but I don't think we've mentioned it. the actors yet. Billie Holiday is played amazingly by Andre Day, who was right. just nominated for best
1: best leading actress. Or yeah. uh, I think I think we both kind of agree that we wish the title of the award was best leading female actor. Uh, I yeah, I, I think we both agree that the The term actress is a bit dated. And yeah,
0: I've I've stopped using it the past few years because it, it, it's 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 a weird thing to segregate a job title to be exactly. male or female. Like I know there's a lot of thoughts on it on the feminist side and why it should be kept. So it's you know there's there's arguments for everything, honestly. Sure, but yeah. Me personally, I just I don't like. I've been trying to get that kind of language out. You know, it's like if I see a male and a female together, I don't say, hey, guys, how are you doing? I say, how are you, two? You know, sure. I try to I try to stop denoting just like a sexual pronoun for everybody. Right. So that's just been like language I've been working on. And so I agree that I think because my, my argument a long time ago was they shouldn't have a best actor and best actress. They should just have a best actor. Right. problem with that is you're just going to get a male selected most times. So right. I think best female actor is probably a better title,
1: and that's just because the industry is still so saturated in a patriarchal view. Um, mm-hmm. It's doing better though. It really is. I think that especially the last five years really been yeah. pushing for change in the industry.
0: Well, yeah, the the academy widened itself up to more more people. It was less. Because, you know, like maybe a decade or more ago, I don't, I the, speaking out my ass, yeah, I don't know the specifics, right. but more than a decade ago, I would say most of their members were older white men. Nowadays, I feel like they have a pretty diverse academy that chooses the nominees and everything. Still very white, probably. I don't, I don't know. Right. The, I don't know the, 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 the facts, the deets on them. Yeah.
1: Uh, we, and I did want to know, I don't know, I'm not trying to say like, yes, we we did it first because obviously they were considering her for this award for some time <laughs> but uh before they announced it anyways we did we were planning on doing this threesome some before the nominations came out and and we were like oh good because we we're also planning on doing uh, a special oscar episode is that going to be yeah. next week i think so so lo- look out for that and uh yeah so nice we're plug. glad that we got one more thanks uh, we're glad that we got uh one more oscar nominated film uh under our belt before we go in to talk about that
0: yeah still so many that we we missed but right i feel like this is like the one year that i was like more prepared because a lot of the times they, they'll they choose films that in the before times pre pre-pandemic i would uh typically just go to the theaters for those big blockbuster mill films sure, because yeah. you know that's what always that's what excites me about the, the theaters those movies and without the theaters i've been watching more of these films on the couch you know since they're all being streamed it's just it's been so much easier to catch all these films that the the oscars have nominated mm-hmm. so I, I i feel more prepared for an oscars film this year than i've ever felt before
1: so anyways to kind of uh say uh, to move away from just the oscar buzz uh i would say it's it's andra day right or is it andra
0: i believe it's andra she was
1: awesome definitely for me the best part of the movie and uh she deserves the accolades and uh, i could very much see her winning the award and i know we've said that about yeah. like uh maybe four other <laughs> performances <laughs> from uh women actors uh but i do think that this might be the strongest of the ones who are nominated personally
0: the one thing that really impressed me about her performance in this film was her voice. Because oh, it's yeah. so so spot on. It's so beautiful. And especially when she sings, like, as the movie goes on, that voice gets scratchier because of all the, you know, she smokes a lot, age, right. the drugs, everything weighs on her voice. And that was, like, the most brilliant part of her performance was, was that change in her voice for me. Because it was it was just really spot on. It was so subtle and, like, I don't know if you if you put the end next to the beginning and play like two scenes back to back, there's just like a very subtle change. It's so great.
1: Definitely her good job on on her part. And uh, you know, I think I do wanna mention that I really enjoyed most to all of the performances, really, I mm-hmm. would say. Uh, but there was some things about this film that I that just kind of didn't make me feel like it was the best movie in the world. And, you know, it didn't get nominated for such anyways much yeah but i I would like to say that trevante rhodes as jimmy fletcher was very interesting and um uh the relationship that was betrayed was honestly one of my more favorite parts of the film was their relationship Mm -hmm. and it really doing some research on that it, it could it's like in the realm of possibility uh but yeah. it, there's no actual uh fact behind their uh sexual relationship but anyways. They're they're yeah. reported of having several long conversations together and of keeping close after the inc- the the initial incident that he was involved in that got her arrested and sent to prison for mm-hmm. a year.
0: Yeah, and and I agree. I think that was my favorite aspect too. Uh but the problem for me is it, it, the the film spends so much time focusing on Billy's addiction issues and so little time on everyone around her, it, and I, especially with uh with Jimmy Fletcher because I feel like he's really well developed, but they don't go into his mentality very well. If that makes sense, like you, you, there's so many times where it could be played up. Like I don't know if he's being serious with his intentions on her. Or if it's just part of his job, if he's still trying to work his way in. The film could play off of that, but it doesn't.
1: Since they focus so much on the drug thing and, and the title of the film suggests that it's the government going after her, I would have liked to have seen more from the actual government side of this. Like There yeah. there are several scenes where they plant drugs on her and stuff like that, but they, they really don't do much with Anslinger's character besides Mm. that he is uh her villain but there's also like there's she has two they have two husbands in the film that are depicted she was married a couple more times i believe than that but the two husbands that they depict in the movie they both are in cahoots with the um the government to plant drugs on her and try to get her arrested or to try to um get her to name her suppliers and and I think that one thing that they did in the film, but it, I think it was just a slide at the end, uh, was say that on her deathbed, they arrested her for possession of heroin, and, and it was planted yeah. on her. And uh, honestly, I don't think they played that up enough. I do like the scene they ended on where she was pretty much saying, Fuck you guys, I'm not gonna name names. Yeah. <laughs> uh yeah. that was pretty great. And and I don't know that I wanted to see her, you know, get dragged out of her deathbed either.
0: I don't think they'd like dragged her out of her deathbed. I think they just handcuffed her to the hospital bed. In
1: in an article that I read, they did say that she requested the hospital to continue her methadone treatment, but the agents who were arresting her basically vetoed that, and I think that's basically what killed her. Uh, and she already had cirrhosis, and, you know, she was also uh, trying to get clean right at that moment. But the shock to her body from going into withdrawal without the help of the methadone, that's probably what killed her. Uh, and, you know, that I didn't see... I didn't see those specific words in the article I was reading, but it did say that she had requested to stay on methadone, and that was not allotted to her. Which that's very yeah, sad. Terrible. I don't think they could have done more with that.
0: Yeah, definitely. They could have played up a lot more of this, um, because as we'll talk about in our next movie, Judy. That movie builds on her addictions and her sorrows and why she turned to the life she did. Whereas this movie kind of just presents it once. And calls it good and or, or they'll mention it in passing in like a single single sentence or something, but you know we we watched Judas and the Black Messiah recently, and that had the character of Roy Mitchell who there was a there was a depth to his character, there was a lot of meaning to him, and it, it made him a good villain and it, the, as you said, they don't do anything with henry Anslinger they have a they have this great villain. I mean, he's not a great person. He he's a good villain, though, that they could build. And this movie just kind of makes him a cardboard cutout. He's just he's just there, and I don't know. It's it's like I'm I'm happy that they focused on Billy, but in in the perspective of a movie, there's just not much there to this film. You know, it's just it's just I don't know. It it just kind of passed for me.
1: (laughs) I would say that there there is more similarities to the storyline of. Judas and the Black Messiah, and this movie as well. Given that Mm -hmm. both main characters, well, I would argue that Judas and the Black Messiah, from the perspective of Lakeith Stanfield's character, but one of the lead, the biggest character, the biggest name character, is civil rights care person, and then they're infiltrated by federal agents. Very similar, and and the 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 government uses other black people. To do that because they know that white people wouldn't be able to get close to them and it's it's both stories are uh from the perspective of the government very cruel but I don't know i do think there's more to say about this like they're like what's what's uh you know what's fictional and what's truthful in the film I would say that there are some things that are hard to believe in the movie that are true for according to my research so but just just as any biopic when you go and watch this movie cuz i do recommend watching it cuz i do think there is a, a a level of importance to this movie just go into it knowing that some things uh, particularly her relationship with jimmy fletcher are heightened for the movie and i i i do give this movie a full face like i said i recommend watching it but it, it's focus could be in other places, and I think it would be a much stronger movie. That's what I gotta say about. It.
0: Yeah, I'll uh I'll bounce off that with uh I give it two and a half stars. I think it. I think I do recommend it. I mean, just because there, you know, her story is unique and entertaining, but I don't know. It's just Lee Daniels directing was just so dry for me. It, it was so unfocused, and or or just too focused, you know, so so narrow focused. For somebody who's so legendary, it's just—I don't know—it's—it's it's a very missed film for me, and it was really sad because I really wanted to like it, but I don't know. I just—I just had to like push myself to get through the movie because after a while, it just—it was just so much of the same over and over again that I was just waiting for. You know, I was, I was constantly like looking at how much time was left. So yeah, it was, it was just a disappointment for me, but that's all right. So yeah, let's move on to Judy. I don't know if we actually mentioned that Billie Holiday actually came out this year in 2021.
1: <laughs> that's Judy. true. Yeah,
0: Judy is, Judy's is a couple years older, 2019. Uh, right. Did you want to synopsize that one?
1: I will. Yeah, I will. Most of you, I would hope, know Judy Garland, big movie star, especially uh, when she was younger, played uh dorothy and the wizard of oz that's what i know and love her from mostly Uh, same but this focuses on the latter part of her life really the last year i would say mostly the last few months of her life but not right up to the end but it's it's mostly focused on these concerts that she performed in london at the talk about town which I, when I watched the movie, I did not catch was actually the name of the theater. I didn't. <laughs> no, I, didn't. Know. I thought <laughs> I didn't she was on tour. Uh, really, I thought she she was on tour, but the people that she was working with were just at one theater. And I, yeah, I yeah. guess that's it. Did always look like the show was at the same theater, but for some mm. reason, I thought she was going on tour. But whatever.
0: No, nah, it was Dumbledore's theater. It
1: was Dumbledore's theater. Yes, uh, Michael Gambon is in this film.
0: Such a bit role.
1: Yeah, it's yeah, it's a small role, but uh, you know, it was what it needed to be.
0: <laughs> yeah. He he was entertaining, no doubt. Yeah. I mean, everybody yeah. in the film is entertaining, but it was it was just funny that they chose him for such a small smaller role like that.
1: Yeah, it is kind of weird. And and maybe that's because uh maybe he wanted to be in the movie because yeah. uh they even mention in the film that it, England was quite crazy about Judy uh-huh. um and, and you know that might have just been played up for the the film I, I don't know <laughs> uh but Michael Gambon is playing uh Bernard Delfont and he is uh some kind of managing position in the theater um they had some kind of french name that I, uh, for his position that i don't i don't know i didn't know how to say it <laughs> so, <laughs> but uh anyhow he, he is in the film like you said bit role but really the movie is about her struggles and the reason why she decided to do this according to the movie is to get enough mo- money so that she could go back home and be with her kids on a more permanent basis
0: yeah yeah because her addiction had pushed her away from them the the father of the kids her ex-husband i don't know uh, what... thank you uh he yeah he had basically i don't think he like worked the courts, but like you know because of her because of incidents in her life that occurred because of her addiction to to alcohol and to other i don't know what other drugs she was into, but um they are mostly sleeping pills, okay, which is what she
1: eventually overdosed on that's that's what took her life
0: but yeah because of the incidents that occurred because of because of her addictions you know her her kids were just safer at, her, at their dad's house you know and right and that's part of part of uh the hard part about watching this film is like you know throughout the movie you get those glimpses into their life with their father where they're like oh we're happy here you know it's like they he, he tells yeah. her that and it's just like you're kind of hoping it's like oh man i hope he was just being mean but you, you get a phone call later on and you're just like oh yeah
1: yeah and I, I those scenes work really well for this film mm-hmm. there there is a couple things that i'd like to say About uh, Sid Luft. Uh, For one, there's no evidence that he flew to England to have that sit down chat with her about Mm -hmm. the kids. But Judy, while she was there, reportedly did have a decision on her own that maybe it would be better for the kids if they stayed with him because she figured he was, at least this point in her life, the more stable parent. Mm-hmm. she however did reportedly and in, in like while they had their relationship kept on going back and forth during their divorces or that sometimes fell through and they stay together and whatever uh, she did in the courts say that he was
0: an abusive controlling husband but no they, they kind of play up his abusiveness and well maybe not his abusiveness but his controllingness right. in this movie pretty well because you get that in that in that conversation, you get that he is fairly demanding of a of a man, but right. a controlling controller of the situation.
1: And while they were together, he was also their her manager.
0: Yeah, um, yeah.
1: Which you know, if if he's abusive, as she says he is, and controlling, that could be a, a problem. And she's yeah. she's as evident from this film, Judy faced that her entire life. Especially when she was on contract with MGM.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And um that uh I I looked up the stuff that they portrayed with um with Mayer. Um, yeah, the one of the, the heads of MGM. Uh yeah. and apparently it was pretty damn accurate. He was oh, yeah. uh uh he he had a pension for the younger girls under his uh under his contract and control and basically he when he when somebody signed a contract with them with them they were owned by mayor essentially Mm -hmm. and uh she she was controlled down to what she could eat she was given diet pills and because the diet pills kept her awake she was given sleeping pills and that she kept that dependency on those sleeping pills for the rest of her life it's very sad.
0: It's terrible, and I mean, it's it reminds me of you know Harvey Weinstein today. You know, you, we still have these issues of controlling women in the in the entertainment industry, and that's that's where this movie shined more than the Billy Holiday movie for me, because both of them are equally hard to watch, and both of them are both. I, I again, I feel bad saying this, but they're both kind of boring after a while. Sometimes, I would say. Yeah, but the the thing with Judy is it continued to build on her addiction. It continued to build on why she's an addict. It continued to show you why her her life is tragic. There's moments in Billie Holiday, you know, they they have a flat couple flashback scenes to her childhood. They're very deadpan scenes. They're very delivered and forgotten whereas in Judy it's it builds on her character and, and I don't know, it was just it was more entertaining to watch entertaining is not the the happy chipper version of entertaining but more enrapturing i guess sure
1: you were more drawn in
0: yeah and and i don't think we've mentioned yet that judy is played by renee zellweger and you know i think she delivered a a performance just on par with audrey days in my opinion it's it's very very much into the character there's a lot of sorrow driven behind her and a lot of fanatical sorrow too. Sometimes, like she, she can really go for the crazy, just right. off her mind on drugs, uh, right? Or I, on alcohol. I would agree
1: even that this is an incredible performance by Wigger, but I don't know um, honestly how I feel about her performances in general. I think that she's a very she's very adequate in every role that I've seen her. I've never se- I'll, I won't say I've seen her. In a role that I thought, ah, oh, she did terrible. But for me, she's just kind of—I don't know. I guess I kind of have trouble not seeing her. This role in particular, though, she really was in that role. Mm-hmm. She—I mean, she was Judy to me. But you know, I also am familiar with Judy Garland. So at the same time, she really—you know—she wasn't
0: quite uh Judy. Also, yeah. at the same time, <laughs> yeah, there, was, there but, was a bit of Renee in there.
1: <laughs> definitely, definitely. But I think she did great in this role, and she deserved her Oscar. But I I would have to disagree. I do think that Andrade, she just her performance alone was yeah. the really the the fucking um. What do I want to say? It was the best part of that movie, and yeah. it it really outshined. I don't know. I I think it's award worthy for for certain. As as this performance was too, as I said,
0: yeah, and I I can agree with that. I think uh, we we talked before uh, before we started recording about this that you know Renee was given more to perform with with Billy's. There's a lot more covered up. There's a lot more that's that's brought to question because you know it wasn't recorded. It, but but with Judy Garland though, it, her story is it's more caught on tape. You know because she performed a lot. It was you know people at least. Right. There's more public knowledge of what was going on.
1: It's also a little bit later in the 20th century. I would agree that it was a stronger movie. I I will agree with that for sure. Um, and yeah, I think research-wise, there was more that she was able to to glean uh, from that. And there was just so much exposure of of Judy, especially earlier than this period. Just so mm. much. Everybody knew Judy Garland. Not that. You know, uh, Billie Holiday wasn't famous and infamous, but just yeah. Judy couldn't go down the street without someone recognizing her. In fact, there's this one scene at, at a party, the only scene with uh, Liza Minnelli in it, uh, her her daughter. And Liza's like, hey, we're going to go to this other place. And uh, she's like, no, nah, I think I'll stay here. And she's like, are you sure you don't know anybody here? And she says, well, seems like everybody knows me. <laughs> <laughs> and uh yeah and that's actually the scene where she meets mickey deans too yeah
0: he's another character that i wanted to talk about because he's played by finn whitrock right mm-hmm. yeah and and i just did not recognize him i think he's an american horror story now maybe i'm not sure i don't know but i i just did not recognize him he was he was so vastly different than anything i've ever seen him in before in this role it was it was really damn good like <laughs> yeah, i
1: thought he did a do, did do a good job i think it was also something that they didn't focus quite enough on because uh as i was researching he also was reportedly pretty abusive and controlling to, yeah to her and in this film it's really just they they kind of get together it's fairly romanticized i would say yeah. Get together um, and he's trying to get this deal to go through for her to have uh, a chain of cinemas with her name on them uh, to, to go through. And that does fall by the wayside. That part's true. Like, that deal w- did exist and and did fall through, uh, especially at, uh, according to the people who worked at—I forgot the theater's name again. <laughs> the people who worked at the theater— According to them the the people uh, the surviving people is particularly uh, Rosalind Wilder who is she's played by Jesse Buckley in the movie, but the real life Rosalind did consult quite a bit on the film when she was first approached by the director to you know include her likeness and everything and have an interview and stuff she was very skeptical of the film because she just thought why can't they just let Judy rest like you know she had such a hard time, but they also did really ramp up that character's involvement in the in the film, which I appreciated. And she said that it made for a good story too. But that she did in this interview make it clear that like she never barged into, had to barge into Judy's room to force her to get dressed and mm-hmm. pull her. Uh, to the stage she did have to convince her to go on stage a few times as is depicted in the film but according to her we were talking about mickey deans i I recall (laughs) Uh, it's all right uh so according to her uh her husband uh who who she married uh the band leader uh burt rhodes who's played by royce pierson just to mention i don't know if it's really important in real real life Bert was white, but he's portrayed very nicely by Royce Pearson. I thought both those characters were really great. But anyhow, one of the performances that was particularly rough, they had found out, some members of the band had found out, that Mickey Deans had hidden microphones under the tablecloths and was recording the performance, which was very illegal, and the band was not getting paid for this recording. as they should have been so he he uncovered the microphones and found the tape recorder and he took the tape they actually had this tape which was an awful recording it was (laughs) barely listening listenable to uh, according to Rosalind. but zellweger was able to have it digitized and listened to to get a feel for how judy was during that performance oh wow which i think was really cool just a little yeah. bit of tidbit of history and a really good article too uh, the true story behind judy from the woman who worked with judy gardland and it's by emily zimler just nice. just so i i feel like i i said enough from that article that i know <laughs> but yeah I, I really thought it was interesting how how involved she got to be with with this film especially yeah. given that she really didn't think it needed to happen <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah and and i think her character was one of the more interesting aspects because she's like the audience's gateway into this you know viewpoint into this film right and just like jimmy fletcher was the viewpoint for billy Holiday, uh that's you know this is our insight into this uh this woman the tragedy she's going through and i think as so as far as mickey goes i think they got his scumminess right they don't really get his abusive dickishness but they get his scumminess because there's there's a moment in the film where it's like you realize he's really not in this for her he's really just in this kind of for the fame the money
1: yeah he thought he could make some bank off of her didn't seem to be much romantic interest at all and judy she just wants someone to love and someone to love her and when she in the film finds out that that's not really the case with mickey uh that's when she goes on stage and has that last really bad performance and it in the film it's that scene with her and mickey happens right after that scene with her and sid where sid's like the kids want to stay with and uh so that makes that scene like you know from the audience perspective we're like okay i understand why she would not be in the right mindset to perform yeah but neither of those things really happened on that day i think on that day she was actually suffering from the flu and mickey as her manager at the time was like go get on stage and perform even
0: though she's saying
1: i i don't think i can
0: Jeez, yeah that's that's the sad part about most of her life is like most of her like daily schedule was so controlled and so precise right. like just from just from the beginning of her life with wizard of oz like as you said like she couldn't even she was doing a a photo shoot with mickey rooney and or right is it mickey rooney yeah
1: mickey Rooney. Yeah,
0: yeah. okay yeah and she's doing a photo shoot with him and like the like, you can't have a milkshake. You can't have a bite of this hamburger. You can't, you know, you can't. You can you can just have like maybe one fry. That was it. Like everything was just so controlled, and it's just, it's just so sad that like when she, you know, when she gets older, it's just it just all falls apart for her.
1: It did go both ways for the male and the female actors, the the control, but it was particularly bad with the female actors. So Mickey did suffer some of the same abuses as as judy did uh with the control in his life but obviously with the way our society especially at the time uh idealized what a male physique and a woman's physique were he didn't have to go through the the bullshit of not being able to eat food um which she was that like she really did have to go on a chicken noodle uh soup diet and that's 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 just abuse, I mean, and you know obviously yeah. we know that now,
0: uh yeah, and thankfully.
1: and we don't allow uh studios to do that to people at least if it became public news, we would be very
0: upset about it, thankfully, yeah, uh for me, there's really just one other thing to talk about with Judy, uh, I mean, maybe there's more on your end, uh no, but. That's okay. Yeah, the only the only thing for me was the you meet these two lovable men who are just super fans of Judy. Right. And I believe it, their
1: name is Dan and Stan.
0: Thank you. Oh, that's adorable. <laughs> <laughs> they're they're just wonderful. Who who plays them? Yeah. Oh, let's get uh, their names. I,
1: I believe it's Andy Nyman and Daniel Sarcaria.
0: They're just they're just two beautiful people that Judy meets yeah. uh just in in passing and they you know they take her back to their apartment um i don't remember why i think like maybe it started raining or everything was closed They they, that's it they promised her a meal and everything was closed they're like why don't we why don't you just come back to our apartment we'll make you some food and she it's just a beautiful moment in her life where she's finally surrounded by two people who do just love her they don't yeah. want anything from her. They just want to be around her. They just want to talk with her. They just—they feel know.
1: blessed that she's making a presence in her life. And I exactly. Think I think it's a beautiful scene too, and uh, I think it was added to just uh, highlight that Judy was uh, seen as a gay icon. Yeah. Um, but. Uh, Sadly they are fictional characters. Yeah, yeah, I assumed it, it I is assume a they beautiful, weren't. Beautiful beautiful little addition to the film. I I mm-hmm. loved them and
0: yeah, especially how they drive that final uh that finale scene. Right. Um right. they they have this beautiful moment that it almost almost it almost moved me to tears cuz I was just like, "Oh, that's so It was so, close me it was so yeah, wonderful. Was yeah, they 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 lifted the film a lot for me too because it was starting to it was starting to grind and it was starting to drag down. And I was just starting to get bored with it, and then they, they entered the scene, and I was just like, oh my god, they, they they helped it a lot for me.
1: They did, they did, you're right, they did help it a lot. I, I would say, obviously, given that those characters are fictional, that last scene that they helped with was something that was, like, m- movifying a actual yeah. thing that happened, and though i don't know if i want to give away the 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 true thing because i think it gives away what happened in the movie and i think it's a very very nice last scene that we should let the audience discover but just know that the real life situation was much different and after you watch the movie if you want to look it up the real life story is also very
0: very nice yeah i guess i'm just going to lead that into my closing statement because it's you know i give it two and a half stars same score as billy Holiday. I think it's more entertaining and a more driven story sure. than Billy. I don't think it's as impactful. I think there's a lot to it that is still impactful. I just think Billy's story is more impactful. But this one was just better told. Together, they both just kind of disappeared for me. You know, it's just like I've, I've kind yeah. of forgotten about them after a couple of days. Uh, I appreciate the what they built in regards to the stories that i didn't really know or hadn't looked into so i appreciated that but i just feel like they weren't they weren't masterfully handled and not every movie needs to be but no yeah i'm I'm not i'm not saying rush out there to see either of these but i do recommend them both
1: right i would say full-face movie you know i already said that renee's performance is great once again i do think andres was all stronger but the film around her performance altogether i think is better than U- u.s versus holiday but that being said yeah it's full place movie if you don't know too much about the latter part of judy's life and you're and you're a fan or even just a fan of wizard of oz go watch the movie it's 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 worth the watch i would say um i don't think though i would watch it again or at least not anytime soon.
0: Yeah, I can agree with that. So The Doors.
1: The Doors. <laughs> yeah. The Doors, which should just be called Morrison.
0: <laughs> yeah, it really should. You don't get much of The Doors at all.
1: No, not really.
0: Which is really sad because, I mean, it's, just, it's the same thing as, like, Bohemian Rhapsody, where, you know, it's like, it's like this is a movie about Queen, and it's like, no, nah, it's a movie about Freddie Mercury. Like,
1: <laughs> and, uh, and I think the sadder part about that is that Queen still goes on. Queen is still yeah. rocking it.
0: Yeah, and they were all they were all part of that. You know, I think they all consulted on it. Whereas with the Doors, uh, I think one member of the band was a consultant, and right. uh, I'm not I'm um, not entirely sure about that. But
1: from what I read, I really had, was struggling on finding articles about this particular movie. Mm-hmm. But from what I read, a couple of them did consult with him, but a lot of what they were asked and the opinions that they gave were just ignored. Yeah.
0: yeah, I did read that too. I think the one that the one that consulted a lot of his suggestions were not listened to by Oliver Stone, which is kind of a stigma of Oliver Stone's. He doesn't really deliver the best accurate historical pieces. But the, the one specific who <laughs> said that he did not, that he was asked to help and refused, was the guy who Kyle McLaughlin played.
1: I read that they had a falling out. Stone did. yeah ray manzerick
0: and jim morrison is played amazingly by val kilmer a very young yeah, val I kilmer again i loved him yeah the 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 story is just about jim morrison he you know he goes to wherever the film takes place i can't remember where where they're located
1: it's it's california for okay. sure um i think it's i think it's it starts out once he's in california it's ucla Uh, that's the film school there
0: yeah that's where he's just taking drugs and getting deep in the in the poetry and all that all this wonderful philosophy stuff and he meets Manzarek and and the other members and you know he just forms the they just form the doors they start playing and you just you just follow his life through through the through the career and through the drugs and it's just a wild crazy trip throughout the whole movie (laughs) that
1: right it i mean i feel like while both the other movies are focused on addiction this movie is like i feel like what stone does well at least for me is that you feel like you are on these drugs with him yeah uh at least that is captured you're definitely on the outside looking in on the other two movies and i think his goal as the director was to make you feel like you're just fucking stoned or blitzed as yeah as he
0: is it, yeah they definitely put you into the driver's seat with them you know I, I do give oliver stone props for that my 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 real problem was though it just it went on for so long <laughs> like it, it just kept long going long. i don't remember how it long it is but i want to say it's like two hours and ten maybe two hours right. and fifteen minutes
1: it felt like it had such an epic scope, but it's really only a certain, a very small amount of years. The rise and fall yeah. of the Doors, it it's it's less than a decade, but it feels so much longer because this movie's length is incredibly long.
0: You're right. Yeah, and and a lot of it just feels again like like with Billy Holiday, it feels like the same. It just each scene is just like another drug trip, another you know, another sexual encounter, another. Wacky, wacky uh, adventure in the desert, or you know, or, or right. you know, just crazy, crazy tripped out scenes while Val Kilmer just talks and delivers poetry and and Jim right. Morrison's seductive tones.
1: <laughs> I think the main thing that that changes throughout the film that made me appreciate it uh, a little bit more, at least the, on the drug focus that is than the Billy Holiday movie is that the people around jim start realizing how toxic he is whereas the beginning he's so charismatic that they're just drawn in and like you know uh, they say several times that they see jim as a shaman which i feel like is a term that we do try to avoid nowadays
0: yeah he's more of just uh...
1: he's kind of a cult leader
0: yeah really. yeah
1: uh, he's definitely has that personality and a, and,
0: and a modern day philosopher
1: yeah i would give him that i'd give him that um but he just is too obsessed with death and his self-pain and honestly hiding from that pain there's a point yeah. in the movie where one of the band members i believe it is john dinsmore uh, the character john dinsmore because like we said earlier a lot of the doors came out and said they didn't really like the interpretation of what went on it's like they're like this yeah. is not the poet that we knew uh anyway john dinsmore portrayed by kevin Dillon, he says we took drugs to expand our mind man <laughs> Just, <laughs> I'm, I'm adding on to that sorry we um, said we took drugs to expand our mind but now you're just using it to run away from pain. For someone who loves pain so much, you sure do run away from it a lot. I, I might yeah. be mixing a, a line from Robbie Krieger as well, who's played by Frank Whaley, who, who yeah. is the the guitarist. So we got so what what what's let's just build the band real quick. Jim does most of the writing, and he's the singer frontman. Ray is the inventor of that iconic organs uh sound that you know you just immediately recognizes the, the doors yeah and then robbie's the guitarist and john <laughs> is on the drums
0: and robbie's the one who who wrote uh the one uh, song right
1: yes uh oh, why can't i name name the song but
0: on fire uh, on no, fire,
1: maybe it might something that might be it so baby set my fire i i suck
0: <laughs> light my fire come on baby light, light my, my fire. fire come on baby yeah light my fire. yeah yeah i think that's i think that's the one that like robbie was the one who wrote it and he was like very adamant he's like make sure that it, that, that the movie puts on record that that was my song and not yeah. jim morrison's yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and it's that so definitely funny.
1: was the song that really kind of got them attention and then i think i feel like the other songs that we feel at least that I feel are really uh, iconically, uh, the Doors song songs did not come out until their last album, like Riders yeah. on the Storm. That that was very late and right mm-hmm. before they broke up. Like I don't even think they even toured after that album.
0: As well. Yeah, probably not. Personally, I do think a lot of their stuff is very. I'm gonna get a lot of hate for this. It's very one note. It, it all hey, sounds the same. You hear you hear the you Doors. Will. Though, yeah. because there's okay. a lot
1: of people who agree with you, I am okay, I'm good. a Doors fan myself, uh, but yeah, I like their. I don't like that stuff in the middle, really, which is yeah when uh, Jim was at his worst, really. Yeah, at, at, at least according to
0: this phone. I love his spoken poetry, though when he when he just starts delivering his poetry like in the middle of and like if you listen to a lot of live songs and concerts, he he was notorious for derailing concerts, yeah, and and it was yeah. terrible, and it's it's really well portrayed in the movie, but it's just like, you know, he would start giving a concert, and then just immediately start just doing spoken poetry, or just bashing somebody, or not hitting somebody, but like bashing them verbally. Well he
1: does hit somebody with a microphone in this. And it yeah. Happened. I don't know if that's true at all, if that actually happened, but it was a funny well, I mean, movie moment. Right. Where he... Uh, like lasso throws the microphone and it hits the guy like the, the <laughs> stage coordinator or something uh,
0: oh it's bad he and he also
1: later he's got a bandage on his head
0: right <laughs> he also he also throws a tv in the studio like when he when he gets mad oh, he just yeah. like takes his tv and just tosses it in the wall which apparently that like is verbatim from uh what Manzarek wrote in his own book. He wow. wrote a, you know, a, a novel about the the life in the doors. So that and,
1: scene was, like, right after he discovered that they sold one of the songs to a commercial. Yeah.
0: I think it was Light My Fire, actually, I think. because yeah, I, I think it was. was. the Yeah, I think the guitarist was like, it's my words, I'm gonna do with them what I want, you know? He's, right.
1: And uh, he yeah. was like, I thought we were gonna do everything unanimously. And they were like, you weren't here, Jim. Yeah. We tried to find you.
0: I just I lo- I loved how this this movie looks into his relationship with the members more because right. a- as we said with the Which other movies they don't. Oh, yeah, I wish there was, but what but it's more than the other two movies delivered in regards to the support that the main the main cast has. It, well, one of those bigger relationships was with his love interest played by Meg Ryan, uh, what's her name? Pam.
1: Yeah, Pamela Corson,
0: and she's wonderful. It's she's kind of whirlpools into his world where it's just, you know, it just keeps getting worse and worse for her until she's at the center of his his whirlpool, and it's just terrible.
1: Right, and she is so in love with him, and uh, you know, he claims to love her throughout the film, but she's definitely becomes very dependent upon him. And he is a chronic cheater. And I think from his point of view, he's he's not cheating. I think from his point of view, Pam knows that he's, he's going to mess around because it's just... It kind of seems like it's part of his philosophy. And one of the characters that they really talk about and go into is this reporter and she's also portrayed as being a witch in the movie. I don't know how how true that is, but it's uh Patricia Keneally, played by Kathleen Quinlan, and that's a marvelous performance in this film yeah. too, I think. I, I don't know how much of what they portrayed in the movie actually happened.
0: Yeah, I don't know either. I I mean I feel like with a lot of this film it's it's uh, embellished heavily by oliver stone and i feel like that's one of the cases is probably her her role in his life but that's that's where they more explore his his obsession with death too is like right. through her
1: yeah they both kind of at least she thinks her own obsession with death is on par with his but in from the film you could tell his is just way out there
0: yeah and and but she definitely catapults him to like new levels of exploring that obsession and it's i I feel like that's some of the more trippier moments in the whole movie and i I really loved loved that aspect of it but honestly for for most of this film it was just another disappointment for me (laughs) i I don't know Yeah,
1: that's fair i did kind of feel that way too like i feel i I feel like there was a lot of potential in all three films and they just all three could have been better I think this particular movie could have done with some paring down. It's it's horribly long. Oh, yeah. And there's definitely some scenes in there that I, I thought were fun and interesting, but didn't need to happen. I feel like we kind of rushed past Meg Ryan a little bit. Oh, yeah, sure. When the reviews for this movie came out, they were pretty rough on her. Like, really? They, yeah, they said her performance had no personality
0: and really i
1: honestly yeah i honestly thought she did a pretty good job i like it's a it's a 90s movie women really just were not written very well (laughs) right until maybe maybe you can consider them being written well recently (laughs) but even with that i thought she did a great job i don't know why they're so down on her
0: yeah i don't i don't know why either because you know with with the other two films, were given a vocal or a a, a focal point from outside of the main character. You know, uh, Jimmy Fletcher for Billie Holiday, and uh, I can't remember her name from Judy, the lady played by uh, Jesse Buckley,
1: Ro- Rosalind Wilder.
0: Thank you, Rosalind. Yeah, and whereas with the Doors, we're put in his Jim Morrison's shoes. So if she didn't have a personality, it's because that's kind of how Jim Morrison would have saw her. I feel like that's really harsh of the critics to attack her like that, because just how she was involved in his life, I guess.
1: They said some things about uh, Val Kilmar's performance, too, in the old reviews I was reading. They said while physically his performance was on point, he did not allow the audience into his emotions. And... I don't know if I can agree with that. At the very least, I was so impressed by his physical performance and his vocal performance that yeah. that I did not, I did not feel that Jim was not a real person. I yeah. felt that he was very focused on whatever was going on in his head. He just, he just was Jim Morrison. It's probably honestly the best Val Kemal role I've ever seen.
0: I mean, again, like. I feel like the the critics just weren't paying attention because it's like, yeah, there's not much emotion to his character. but That's because Jim Horson hit his emotion. You know he that's didn't. Right. Yeah. He yeah. he buried it into his lyrics, into his poetry. God, that that's just so weird that I, that critics would like see it. But I mean, we're always as critics, we're always missing the point. You know, it's <laughs> right. We're yeah, always or fucking making it up. up our own
1: point. Yeah. That, seriously. That doesn't exist. Uh yeah, and and also in these reviews, I I think that the people that were reviewing it just weren't fans of the band in general.
0: And yeah, like, probably.
1: Why then even bother reviewing a film about the band? Though I guess just to know, bitch
0: about it. We need something to bitch. We're men.
1: <laughs> yeah, <that's
0: true>. <laughs> <laughs> it's our crux, man. Or no, I agree. I think, I, think it's, uh, I think it's one of the better Val Kilmer performances I've ever seen. I mean, up there with Batman and Top Secret, let's be honest. <laughs> Batman.
1: <laughs> no, no, Top Secret. Top Secret, seriously. Top Secret, he's very good at that movie. Oh yeah, uh, definitely. We talked about that movie. Uh, our first episode, our man. Our first episode, yeah. A long time ago, it feels like, even though it was less than a year ago.
0: Yeah, I think this is our 48th episode that we've recorded. Wow! Yeah, I don't know if it's a forty-eight that's going to be you know published in that order, sure. but sure. in regards to recording, I think so. We're wow. getting close to the big five-zero, man. Damn! Oh damn! Oh
1: damn! We're almost fifty. If you combine our age, we are over fifty.
0: Why'd you gotta do that?
1: I don't know. I don't you gotta understand.
0: hurt me like this, man.
1: <laughs> now I gotta go and take drugs. That's what American entertainers do.
0: <laughs> oh, no. they
1: they realize that their their fame and youth are fleeting <laughs> and so they hurt themselves. Oh.
0: oh. Fun fact about Jim Morrison though. He's he's one of the members of the 27 Club yeah. and uh I'm I'm very close to bit be- not being in that club. I'm only a couple months away and I I've made it, but yeah,
1: I think you'll make it. I oh god, I crossed <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, knocking on right all right the next, wood now. <laughs>
1: yeah, uh, right next to the microphone, knocked on, knocked
0: on the wood. Not only was Jim Morrison a member of that club, which, if you don't know, the Twenty Seven Club, are famous uh, entertainers who died at the age of twenty seven, but so is his girlfriend, Pam Corson. Uh, she also died at the age of twenty seven. I think a few years after, a few years later, yeah, yeah, Jim Morrison passed. But other other famous members are you know Jimi Hendrix and Janis Joplin. Amy Winehouse. There's a lot of people in that group. It's sad.
1: Yeah, brilliant people that just couldn't handle the world. Well, all right. I think. Did we do closing statements for this film?
0: I don't think we rated it at the very least. I I think think we. we Yeah. Yeah, I give it. I
1: think, though, we're at the close of it.
0: I gave it two and a half stars, same as the others. Very long. Good tale of destruction and addiction. I like the attempt at an epic... You know, I always like an epic saga story. Right. So I enjoyed that, but... I don't know, just... The the, the directing kind of just felt misguided. Felt a little bloated. I don't know.
1: I, I can agree with all that. I gotta say, I enjoyed watching this movie. Uh, a little bit more than the other two. Uh, my enjoyment, though, I, I don't know... If that's the, you know, that's not the only factor I give in when I'm I'm grading a film. Um, I think the fact that Stone obviously went against the consulting of the people being portrayed in this film, that for that reason, it should be docks and points, but it's still for me, a full face movie, though. I'm not going to not going to go around saying this is the best movie in the world, but if you want a fun Trippy movie i don't know if fun's the right word because there is some uh you know, <laughs> harrowing moments but if you want to watch a movie that like highlights a rock star as a cult leader this is a good place to go <laughs> it's pretty it's pretty interesting to me to me i found the film very interesting and i guess that's what i'll say about it
0: but who wins do you think it's it's being more entertaining is the winner that makes it the winner of the threesome
1: you know as we've been talking about it I think I changed my mind a little bit because I I was thinking I would end up on the Doors and that that would be a very controversial decision. But I think I am going to give it to Judy because, for one, I do think that it's worth noting the inaccurate portrayal of the people that were approached and asked if their, their likeness could be portrayed, and it was just absolutely ignored at the Doors. So I think that's important to to note. And for that reason, I think I'll dock it down and, and give it to Judy. Because it is a strong movie. It, it, it just, I felt like there was something missing about it. But I felt that way about all three of the movies. And if I could split my, uh, if I could give like a little special award for just best performance, it would probably go to Andre Day. I thought she was amazing, but all three of the the leading performances were great. But I think all around, Judy's the strongest movie. So
0: yeah, I'm I'm in agreement. I I give it to Judy. As you said, they were all all three just a little disappointing for something like of the three stories that we had chosen, the one I was most excited for was Billy Holiday. I felt that one yeah. had the most to offer. It had the most unique story, and it, 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 there was so much it could build off of, so much it could parallel, so much it could. So much hurt it could deliver, and I felt like the the direction of it was just so disappointing.
1: It's a bit one note on its. Yes,
0: yeah. yeah, and it, and it was just it was a little painful because it's like there there was there was yeah. so much there that they could have delivered, that I do think was delivered, but it just wasn't delivered as impactfully as it should have been.
1: Yeah, I and, think it was important for that pain to be there. Like yeah, I said, it was painful, but it just there was more things to focus on, or like I wish you they focused on why she was an addict a little bit yeah. more they do like just briefly mention her backstory yeah. a little bit and that's it yeah
0: and it's and it's sad and the only reason it doesn't win for me is because it was the one that disappointed me the most but with the doors you know i got what i was expecting it was fine i wasn't i i would i would hold billy holiday up above the doors honestly i think it's more for me it was more entertaining of the th- of the two but but Judy just delivered, you know, kind of more than what I expected. But I would agree with you, even though I say that Renee Zellweger's performance is on par with Andre Day, I would give her the award for the Andre Day the award for best of the three because right. you yeah, know I do think her performance was just brilliant. Like It was good. All around amazing. But yeah, Judy wins the threesome and it wasn't an exciting threesome, honestly. <laughs> I think all no, three no, of them really. were I, I do hope that
1: you couch potatoes out there enjoyed listening to it and i do think that particularly i'll even say that i'm kind of changing my mind i don't know if i'm necessarily changing my mind it's just what i know that most people would enjoy i think i recommend united states versus billy holiday and judy over the doors mm. uh i I know I got kind of a unique taste when it comes to films like Strange. Yeah. So if you're looking for that, go for The Doors. But the the stories of these two women, I think, are more impactful.
0: That's fair. I I guess you would say that you recommend the stories of those two more, but the movie of The Doors more. The movies,
1: yeah. All, All three movies were left a little bit to be desired. But yes, if you want to know more about Judy and Billy, go check out these movies.
0: And I think that's the show. Yeah, I've been I've been the Green Traveler.
1: And I've been the Faceless Leon. Uh, you know, everybody, addiction is real and it is a disease. Uh, this might be a bit of a dour note, but if you have someone in your life who is struggling, just know that you can help them. That they, they they need help is they don't need ridicule. And just do what you can to provide that. And it's hard. And sometimes, sometimes you can't help them, and that's yeah. even harder.
0: But even if bless. even if helping is just lending them an ear, that's exactly. you know, sometimes that's bless. all people need is just somebody who can who'll listen to them.
1: All right. Well, we love you all very, very much. Safe travels and good night. Green and faceless on the couch is a proud production of Fiction Works Nineteen. If you like the show, please show your support by rating and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts. Like, follow, subscribe, wherever you might listen. We also now have a Patreon account. If you feel so inclined to support us in a financial manner, please become a patron by visiting patreon.com slash greenandfaceless. You can also find more information about us on our Facebook account or on the FictionWorks19 Instagram account. Thank you so much for listening.